straight through hell with a smile. You could be the hero, you get the gold. Breaking all the records, they thought never could be broke. Yeah, do it for your people, do it for your pride. And you're never gonna know if you never even try. Do it for your country, do it for your name. Cause there's gonna be a day when you're Hello everyone, welcome to uh, Thoroughbred Weekly and happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. I hope you have a wonderful day, all the mums. My mum won't be watching Ian, she's probably watching Suits on Netflix or something <laughs> like that. Happy, birth happy uh, Mother's Day. Um, and they're off on Thoroughbred Weekly. Yep, and there was a very <laughs> successful uh, carnival at Gosford yes, again yesterday. I think they've got something to really work yep. with. Obviously that timing with the Walker Cup's not ideal, but it's got to fit in somewhere. The locals love it, they support it. And it took a very experienced, lightweight champion jockey yep. in Jay Ford to get the job done. The only one to go to Plan B, when Plan A didn't work with yep. all the speed in the race, he just took the race by the scruff of the neck. It was all over after 300 metres. He did, and he, I was very surprised, Ronnie, that no-one actually went up and put pressure oh, on him. He just... It was like a barrier trial. handed it to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happens sometime, and it's a bonus when it happens in a half-million-dollar race. <laughs> well, let's, ha let's have a look at Rustic Steel's uh, win in the coast, a half-million-dollar race. This is the horse that loomed up and looked like he was going to win the provincial championship final. Well, he's won a race of equivalent value yesterday. Mm. Flame and Steinem, our playboys flat to the boards, turning for home. Then Chartres and Dymel gets right to the outside, six off the lead. Rustic still swings in front, oh, President laid in. Old Flame is boxing on the rails, two lengths clear from Steinem and Keku. But Rustic still still in front from O President. Rustic still leads and wins the coast by a half length to O President. Old Flame third just in front of our playboy. Yeah, so it was uh, Chris Lees and Jay Ford. They have been together um, on, on a few occasions, going back a fair while. It's not the, the usual combination you see, is it, Lees and Ford? No, it's not, but uh, he's, he's always Johnny on the spot for these lightweights in these big races. And he, he Look, he's a really nice horse. He obviously did not handle that heavy track last time, um, you know, in that provincial championship. So... Um, midway championship so I think now that he's hit a mile and, and did the job in such fine fashion uh, he certainly uh, uh, he, who knows he might even train on to uh, to scone or, or even next week on the backup but president was pretty good uh, he rode the speed, but it's, it's just such a hard race to read. Old yeah. Flame, uh, I think he's got plenty more to offer throughout his career. And Steinem was good, wide, yeah. wide no cover the whole way. Even Party for one got way back out of his ground and sort of made late ground, but 
yeah, taking nothing away from the winner. He's a quite achiever, Jay Ford, isn't he? Like he, he he's won some really big races, um, not just here in Australia but abroad. But he's just like you said, Ronnie. He's just a lightweight rider that you know sits on the fringe all the time and picks up those those good lightweight rides. Mm. Okay, let's go and hear from uh, Chris Lees and Jay Ford. Pretty pleasing when he um, with, we knew we'd go forward, and when they left him alone in front, and he was able to switch off and get a bit of a soft time along the back. I knew he'd, he'd react well on straightening and um, it was a good, tough win. As you said before the race, that was your one worry, whether he'd get a, a mile. Yeah, well, <laughs> until you try him at the mile, you don't really know, but um, he ran it out strong today. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who jumped higher than you or me. <laughs> OK, well, if you can hear me, uh, what does he do now? I wouldn't, I'm considering backing him up in the Scone Cup next week, you know, with the with the opportunity to get into the big dance, it's something you've got to consider, so um, we'll see how he pulls up first. Have you, have you got a runner in the big dance yet? Yeah, um, Kadar followed through the um, Ballina Cup. Right. Yeah, thanks to Nash Rawilla. And you probably didn't know it at the time. <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you and your family, gee, your dad won a lot of races here, you've won a lot of races here at uh, Gosford, and this is this is half a million. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great concept, you know, these races that are appearing now on our calendar, so you've got to take advantage of them. Great to have a good winner for Ronnie Wanless. He's a great yeah. supporter. We didn't expect to lead. We're going to give him, obviously, up to a mile, which he was on trial, but he had 52 on his back, so we're going to give him a positive ride. Um, jumped straight in the bridle. Uh, no one wanted it, so I took it, you know, and I felt by the time we sort of got around that first bend at the 1200, I, nice rhythm, controlled, just everything worked sweetly, and sort of from the half mile in, I just sort of built the revs because um, Chris said, you know, he's a horse who likes to get in a rhythm and just blend into his races and when we're able to do as we please from the front end uh, I always felt then I was, was going to take something good to, to get over the top of me late. I'd stop it. Okay, <laughs> there was uh, Rustic Steel and now we go to the Gosford Gold Cup, an import for uh, Annabelle Neesham. Um, Numerian had uh, run second at its previous start to uh, Polly Gray. And Polly Gray ran such a great race yesterday, uh, being beaten by Zaki in the Hollander. Yeah, this horse had some hidden form coming into the race. He had only had a, three or four runs in Australia, and I just think he found the right race at the right time. And look, I think this win will give him um, a bit of confidence, and then, then he could be an upset horse in one of these feature races in, in Queensland over the next five or six weeks. There's no doubt about it, although he's up in the weights a bit, but... Um, I think there's a lot of merit in that performance. He was just—he just out sprinted Great House. He was back to 2,000 um, metres there, but he, he was uh, far from disgrace there. That was a much better run from Morani, this Irish import. Um, he didn't do a lot at his uh, first run in Australia, uh, but there's encouraging signs there. But a couple of big track horses, I think, too. Yeah, the the, yeah, the runner-up, right. and yeah, I, I just think. Gosser, you know, not that they don't get their opportunity, but I just think those style of horses, they just need that bigger track to. To get time to gallop home. Yeah, I think he was just Johnny on the spot. Uh, Annabelle just found the beautiful race for him and he, he delivered. He delivered. Uh, well, let's go and hear from uh, Kyle Ryan, who was there representing the um, the stable, the uh, foreman for Annabelle Nisham, and also Sam Clipperton. Very relieved more than anything. Tell us, tell us about his journey here in Australia and how he's come along. Yeah, no, big thanks to the guys at Team Valley. They sent him over about nine months ago just to chase after this good prize money that Australia's got and they've been very patient with the horse as you can see he's only had a few runs over here in the nine months but patience is paying off now. He doesn't look like he's he's the top echelon but there's a lot of money to be run, won by a horse like him. Yeah exactly right he'll probably head up north now. What about a little bit further? 
Is, is this his ceiling, 2000? I'm not sure. She'll, I'll leave that up to Annabelle. Yep. She's, she's very good at placing all these horses, but no, he seemed to outstayed that lot pretty well today. Sam gave the horse a beautiful run. Oh, exactly. He said what he was going to do before the race and everything just unfolded perfectly for him. He was racing exposed outside the leader and pardon me for having to blow, but <laughs> he was strong and um, he sort of would go through stages of the race where he'd relax and then latch on again. So I'm sure if I raced 1-1 or something, he would have switched off, but he was just wanting to race a bit aggressive, which probably made his performance even better. He was probably the class horse in the race on paper, but he had to lug the class horse's weight as well in 59 and a half. And when Chad sort of uh, put his horse into the race, just selected to wait. I knew my horse had done a bit within himself. And I just wanted to balance him up, give him a chance to balance up. And, uh, you know, I, got, I actually got a nice card up off Chad then. So, um, you know, he got stronger and stronger down the running the further we went and um, he's a lovely horse I think with um, with cover he'll probably race over 2400 quite well and um, well placed by Annabelle today. Yeah he was terrific today the tempo of the race probably didn't really suit just being a sit and sprint he wanted a more genuine tempo throughout um, but ultimately I thought at the top of the straight it looked like he was going to be under a bit of bit of pressure um, to sort of keep up but he, he knuckled down well and it really hit the line obviously the winner Full credit to the winner. He, he he won well and won probably with a bit in hand. But we were, we were making ground late and um, look, we haven't been to the races for a long time with Great House, so he'll knock the cobwebs out of him a bit and he'll come on for it. How do you plan long term with the horse? I mean, he ran midfield in the Melbourne Cup last spring. Yeah, he, he'll more than likely go to the Doomman Cup in, in a couple of weeks, um, you know, and then work out exactly where where he measures up with with those proper weight for age horses. But um, yeah, he, look, he's, he's a talented horse, and on his, on his day, there's a nice one in him. Uh, now let's go to the uh, feature sprint of the day, the takeover target. This meeting 12 months ago, Blondo bolted in. He's graduated 12 months' time to the feature sprint on the program. Yeah, it was a benchmark 78 last year, and all of a sudden he wins the feature sprint. And just as everyone was thinking, well, the fence has been off all day, uh, Chad says, no, I'm travelling here, my horse is getting through it and he's got a good little sprint on him and uh, with that uninterrupted run, uh, he was too good. So uh, well placed, obviously, the, the Chris with his pattern, he knows when uh, some of these horses are gonna peak first up and he gets them in the right race and gets the job done. The Kiwi run an enormous race there, um, uh, Gaspodin. I know he's a wet tracker, uh, but uh, yeah, interesting to see what he does next, but I'd suggest he's looking for a wet track. There was a lot of shuffling. Yeah. And <coughs> a lot of, of nice unlucky. runs. Yeah. That's what I said, like big fields at Gosford. Normally, you know, the midweek meetings is the fields aren't as big and every horse gets their opportunity. Like Horses like Animate um, come from back. Dylan Gibbons hit the line really solid. Um, Lord Olympus struck more trouble it than nearly set. He was Lord Olympus. Yep. He might have been in the finish yep. there. Yeah, for sure. Good and, run. you know, Oscar Zulu didn't have much luck and... Uh, you could go down the page. It was just a funny race where the winner just got the uninterrupted run and was too good. Um, Shelby 66, now, he's obviously an unsound horse. He's yeah. three out of five lame again. So the last couple of Sydney runs, the vets have gone over him and obviously he's, he's, he's not a sound horse. Yeah. OK, we're going to hear from uh, Charlie Duckworth and also Chad Schofield. Uh, it's been a, a, a big week for the pair. And also we're going to hear from uh, Jim Pender, who trained the runner-up, the Kiwi, Gosh Bowden. Yeah, look, he's, he's obviously took a little bit of time to find his feet coming from Hong Kong. 
um, but he was obviously a world-class rider to even get the invitation to Hong Kong. He's obviously just taken a bit of time to find his groove and, and now he's obviously found it and uh, look, we're, we're more than happy to support him. He's, he's very good in the debrief to the owners, which is a, such an important part of being a, a top-line jockey. Uh, so look, great, great for him and he'll, he'll get a really ki real kick along now. Well, I think we've seen the best of Blondeau right at this very track and 12 months apart. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was in race 10 or whatever it was, or what is today's race 10 last year, and uh, bloused them that day. And we sort of were a little bit worried that he was, he was going to be having to come up the rail, as everyone said the rail was off before the race, but uh, it certainly wasn't off for him. No. So he's going very well, and uh, that's a pretty big race to win for Blondeau now. Yeah, it is. It is. Look, he's, he's always, always promised a lot. Even in early days, we, we sort of thought he was going to be our slipper horse yeah. as a two-year-old. So he's taken plenty of time to sort of realise his potential. But I, I think when conditions suit like they did today and, and when he can get ridden with just one, one crack at them, he, it's when you see him at his best. Um, obviously, it's his career highlight to date and hopefully he can take some confidence from it and we can try and keep him fresh and that's how he races best. Yeah, well, actually, he wasn't all that quick early, so I just let him find his feet. He's a really big horse. But after a furlong or so, he really came, came on the bridle and travelled sweetly underneath me. I didn't have any option on the turn but to go in, but um, although it was inferior ground, he really let rip um, and quickened well. Do you reckon he can get further this horse? I do, yeah. I do. He's, um, he's a lovely, big, gentle horse, um, big, long action on him, and he just builds into his races, and it was a nice win first up. Oh, very, very pleased, yeah. Couldn't be more happy. Tell us what the plan was in coming over here. Obviously, it's been running in New Zealand recently. Ah, uh, the money. Like, if he stayed in New Zealand today, he'd be running around for 35000 and open 1200 So, yeah, we thought we'd test the waters over here and, and just see, you know, what he could do. And um, if he won, went good here today, we'll, we'll head north to Brisbane. Now you've seen what he can do. What sort of Brisbane races do you think he can measure up to? Uh, there's a nice, uh, on the 21st, there's a nice sprint or 1350 metres up there for him on the 21st. And um, if he can cope really well in that, I've actually been cheeky and put a nom in for the, uh, for the Stradbroke. Jim Pender. Jim Pender just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> He's been here before though, Corey, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, he made mention, he came over a good 20 odd years ago. Um, I can't remember the horse off the top of my head, but... Yeah, he had a bit of luck with it as well. Finished some placings and some big races, but yeah, he's been here before. He knows well, he what he's doing. He brought a two-year-old over about a decade ago as well. Okay, well he knows, he bides his time, really knows he's got the right horse, obviously. Yeah. Um, but looking at his form, it all looks wet track form, so who knows? Mm. He might mm. surprise us on a dry. So Chad Schofield and Chris Waller, they've, uh, in the past seven days, they won the um, a race, a listed race at Hawkesbury with Tycoonist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then they uh, won the Wagga Cup with Alias, and then Blondo wins the takeover target. Waller and Schofield in yeah. that week. Well, it's nice to get a roll on now with McDonald going overseas yeah. for the European vacation, whatever they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Clark Griswold. <laughs> the jockeys will just emerge yeah. at Rose Hill there and want to ride a little bit more work. It's just good, though, that Chad's found his, found his spot. You know, yeah. it took him a long while when he came home from Hong Kong. There's no doubt he can ride. He's riding ability. Um, but it took him a while to find a spot. But... Um, yeah, just really happy for him. All right, uh, let's go and uh, have a look at uh, Wagga as we go to a break and we'll be back with more on Thoroughbred Weekly.
At the 350, still Calescent, two lengths in front, but front page bearing down on the leader. Front page hit the front from Calescent, broke away. It's front page in front of the 150. Nementh is running the race of his life, but the town plate's all over. And it's front page, if ever a horse deserved a big win, it's front page, and he romps home with the town plate. He won it by five. And Dream Runner went through with five kingdom, then Spirit Ridge, and a Elias has got to the outside. It's Dream Runner in front from Five Kingdom and Elias bearing down on the first two. Dream Runner, Five Kingdom and Elias. Dream Runner, Five Kingdom, Elias. Dream Runner, he's brave. Five Kingdom, Elias, what a finish. Elias, Elias will win the cup to the roars of the crowd. The favorite got it. Dream Runner second and Five Kingdom very brave third in the middle. Uh, the day at Gosford opened with the two-year-olds. Resonator, the victor for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. And uh, that's two in a row this prep. I like these last couple of two-year-olds. Usually, you know, when the autumn's over and we go to Hawkesbury and, and Gosford and Scone. But I've liked these two-year-old races over the last couple of weeks. This is a... This is a neat little horse, this. I'm not saying he's a little horse. He's a, I love his attitude. I love his style. I like his substance. He's, 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 he's in really good shape. Uh, they gelded him this prep, and I see Newgate are in it doing so. He might be on the market shortly for a few bucks. Uh, they don't like racing the gelding. So I am really interested in him. I think he's might be a chance in the size if he goes that way. I honestly think the first four over the line. So do I. They, they're really nice horses. Um... Obviously the runner-up, he'd done a little bit of work from the tail of the field, made a sort of a move on the home turn, but even Coolmore's horse, um, Northern Beaches, it, it was in the wrong part of the track, but still managed to make ground. Um, yeah, I think the first four over the line. But what an incredible season it's been, and, and let's just focus in on the two-year-olds. All these races, the whole two-year-olds important season has been run on heavy yeah, tracks. I know. I mean, who is the best two-year-old? Where is that best two-year-old? Maybe we find out in Brisbane. Yeah. Maybe, even though Fireburn won't be there. No. And just back on those three, those horses you were talking about, that second horse of John O'Shea's there, Zoo Tiger, yep. I reckon he's going to be better with a break because he's yep. just a, he's not as put together as the others yet. He will be with, yeah. a, with a spell on his belt. And I reckon he's the best horse in the race, Northern Beaches. Yep. Because uh, he was far from wound up yeah. compared to the winner. But I still want to be on the, have a be very closely tied to the hip with the winner come size produce day. In and Brisbane. the fourth horse, London, he, he in the yard even he looks like he's got big improvement. He, yeah. He's a big burly horse. Um, I think he's, he'll go much better once he gets to probably seven furlongs and a bigger track. Okay, let's go and hear from Tim Clark after the win of Resonator. Two promising wins and. Yeah, you know, we could have won another furlong there. And the second horse was was never going to get past him. He was he was always going to hold it, and um, he just feels terrific in himself at the moment too. He's he's in a, in a really good space at the moment. So onwards and upwards. I noticed you come out off the fence a little bit. Was that the, the track conditions? Yeah, I think so. I think you know it's just a, a, a general rule here when it's sort of that soft, heavy range. Just just up the straight, the inside. Just feel that it's a, a tiny bit slower and. Um, but, but all in all, the track feels great underfoot and we're in for some really good racing today.
Okay, to the uh, highway now, and it was uh, Freedom Square for Paul Massara and Brenton Abdullah who got the job done. First up, blinkers first time. Yeah, and that was the that was the trick. The, the, there was intent there when the blinkers went on first up because he's a horse that does get out over a little bit longer, but he was ready to go fresh. They put the blinkers on. It worked. He ha he handled the soft track and and gets the job done. Um, look, there's a couple. It's a hard race to read because. The same old story, whereas a lot of these horses are looking for dry tracks. So who's going to improve the most when we get to a dry track? Could be Mark Will Dancer. It could be the the couple of you know Brett Kavanaugh's here that have probably never seen wet tracks. And Boom Boom Basil, I think, is another one. He'll be able to use his speed much better when he gets a grip on the track. So beauty in the you know in the eye of the beholder there, as far as who you want to follow out of the race, and it'll be a different situation if we get dry tracks. Yep. All right, let's go and hear from Brenton Abdullah. Yeah, look, Paul was pretty bullish about him this morning. Um, so he was ready to go. Blinkers have, have done the trick with him in the tr at home. So um, I rode him confident. It was able to be three wide with cover there before the bend, and he let down like a nice horse. So um, pleasure to ride a winner for Paul. Um, he actually gave my first ride back from, from injury. So um, that one only got me half up the straight, but this one's nice to ride a winner for him. Were you a little concerned after the first winner sat up on speed and they went a little bit hard? Nothing really made ground. Were you a bit concerned about that? Not really. Um, look, Timmy sort of, they went along at a good speed, but Timmy was always going to be the one to beat the first. And my horse actually came from back and run third. So I think the track's OK. Um, probably the better we've, best we've probably ridden on on a Saturday for a while. Um, and I was confident from where I was there, just behind the speed, that I'd get the job done. So should race OK. Maybe hard fence not ideal, but it should be a good day's racing. Uh, Ronnie, you were very keen on Showtime Lady in the midway. You were very surprised about the price, though. Yeah, well, I just thought she had superior form. Maybe a few people may have thought she might have won a little bit further, looking at her last two runs when she was at 1,700. But she had good sprint form, and she just took... Uh, Tim was aggressive. He found the position he wanted, one out, one back, and he just kept her flowing throughout. So it was a... I think it was a, a confident ride, always in control, and pretty well a one-act affair. So... She's resumed at the right time of the year and, and uh, there might be more wins in store. Woodworth was, you know, good off the front again, his usual on herself. Miss Fox, the local, she had every hope there on, on the winner's back and, and run another very uh, honest race. At Dullalad, he got held up and he should have finished much closer. He's just crying out for a drier track as well. So there might be a midway for him um, if we dry out eventually, which surely is not far off. We hope. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> Even the enclosure yesterday, it was hard getting around the enclosures. It's a heavy tent in the enclosure. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. So. Um, James Harron uh, was there, put the syndicate together, and uh, we speak to Tim Clark for the second time. Had to sort of avoid a few wet tracks, and she's uh, she missed it, got called off last last start. So um, Brad's been very patient in the team and uh, brought her here in terrific order. She paraded super, and... Um, had her nice and fit, and she was she was very dominant today. You'd think on the strength of that, she's better than a midway. Yeah, look for sure. She's um, she's a filly that's just kept developing and growing into herself, and she's really probably just hitting her sort of maturity levels now. And uh, yeah, they've done a lovely job bringing her through the through the grades, and um, yeah, I think it's onwards onwards and upwards from here. Oh, I thought her trial leading into it was really good, and um, I think she's been ready to go for a little while. So she presented pretty forward in condition and had, had a lovely one. Just. Had to sort of help her around the bend, and but once she balanced up and uh, allowed her to go through a gear, she showed a really good turn of foot with no weight on her back and, and was a dominant winner. What what distance do you think she's best at? Well, you know, that's the first time I've been on her, but looking at her form, she she got right out in trip last time, so I think um, 
sort of anywhere up to a mile is going to be ideal for her. She's got a good nature though, she relaxes well and, and gives herself a chance. So once she gets over them distances, she'll um, put herself into a nice position and she's got good racing style. Okay, let's go to the, uh, well this was the, um, the new race, the $155,000 Thunder Thousand. Beautiful stuff from Rachel King. It was, because she could have got impatient and circled, tried to circle the field here and, and it could have been a bit of a hairy moment because the packer were just in front of her but she kept her powder dry here and it was a lovely patient ride. It could have easily gone the other way and yep, full credit to Rachel. And, Interesting mare, she's obviously had issues as well, only this being a, what is it, a fourth start or something. And only had one run last prep for an impressive win. So, yeah, she might be a little bit better. They've persevered with her, so they've obviously liked her all the way through. He's a genuine country horse, isn't he, Blow Dart? He'll, he'll win one of these yeah. midweek races very, very shortly. Um, Sabrina was okay. Um, Dehorned Unicorn, okay without raving. Want to see him again, but... It's all about the winner, all about the ride, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was the ride won the race. Yeah. Um, they elected to go back from the, I wouldn't call it a tricky gate, but um, it's just lucky that the small field, because nothing really made ground no. through the day. Um, so, isn't it funny how the track changed? Like, the first six races, you couldn't go near the fence, and then when Chadley, Chadley went back to the fence, they sort of all, not made ground, but it was just really weird how the track changed. Yeah. Maybe it was just a nice day, they'd open it up and the sun got on it and dried, dried it out, out a little a bit. bit. And yep. you know yourself, if you're travelling, it's easier to get through on the worst part of the track <laughs> than if you're not travelling. Uh, let's go and hear from Darren Beeman and Rachel King. She jumped quite well. If she probably drew a gate, she would have been a little bit closer in, in running, but um, she elected just to um, cut the corner and sneak up in between them and, and, um, and let the horse do the rest of the work, the last furlong. She's a rising five-year-old, and that's just start number four. Yes, she's had a few confirmation issues, but, um, um, you know, she, she's, she's just... Uh, the team's given her plenty of time to sort of get over her, her issues, and um, it's, it's proved dividends today. But hopefully we can get some black type with her before she goes out, because she's an extremely well-bred mare. No, it worked out well. Look, it helps being on a nice horse, definitely. But they went sort of quick enough early. Um, I tried to sort of give myself every chance early and actually just stay in that three wide line, but it wasn't really working out for me, so I had to cut the corner and she found her way through. Do you reckon the track's a little bit better out off the fence? I think just in the straight it's probably a little bit better to come, um, not necessarily really wide, but just that little bit off the fence definitely is a bit of an advantage. On to uh, race number five, and this was, um, this was the benchmark 78 over the, the cup distance, and hammer on... Gets up and beats Military Mission. I'm a big fan of both these horses. Um, Hammeron is lightly raced, first racing preparation. Uh, they've run a second quicker than the Cup, mind you, here. Uh, and he is a horse that they put the blinkers on. He got eight kilos weight pull off Military Mission, and that was a dead set, you know, the difference, or even more than the difference. It's, uh, but he's got a nice future because there's plenty of upside with him, considering where he is and how he's where he's got to at his fourth start. And what he's doing to himself, he, I spoke to Jay Ford not only straight after the race but later on. He said he worked really hard within himself. Yep. I know there was a bit of a space between the, the front runners and the 
third and fourth horse, but he just said he is really strong. So once he learns to relax, mm, um, he'll be better. He'll be much better. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's and the, that was obviously that was his first run in Blinkers, which may have fired him up. Yep. Now let me talk about this second horse. I don't want to talk pocket talk, but I think he should have won. I, I really do think he should have won. He, he went out hard. Mm. Obviously, the other horse went with him. He's had 61 kilos. He was all over a winner, and he just lost his his concentration. Yeah. He wanted to wander back to the fence, and Rachel had to stop riding him. He lost momentum. Sour grapes, but he should have won. He's a good horse. He's a good horse. Let's go and hear from uh, Charlie Duckworth and Jay Ford. Both horses dug deep, and, and uh, I guess the weight weight played it played the advantage in the in the long run. But um, no, great for to get hammer on across the line today. Uh, he came up from Melbourne with some pretty big wraps on him, so um, yeah, it's pleasing. Obviously, the blinkers made the difference today and just helped him focus on the task a bit better. Uh, so, winning here today, Chris likes to use up as much of the benchmark rating as possible. So, you'd think that would be the next target? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we'll 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 just continue continue to tip away. Obviously, it was um, good to see see how well he stayed today. Obviously. You'd imagine he'll get over further as well, so there's there's plenty of options for him. He probably needs to just to learn learn to relax a little bit better than he did in the early stages. Um, but I think that might have been uh, just the conditions of the first two, you know, running a muck up front. The way the race unfolded, you know, it all worked out really well, but he he just gets it wrong. Like it felt like they went a gallop, and he was still very strong for me throughout the majority of it. And then when Timmy on the leader put the foot down. Then he didn't know what he wanted to do with it. So I was always confident of getting there, but I was, it was going to be late, you know, because he just, he's only had a few starts. He's very raw, but he's progressive. So his ability to carry him a long way, hopefully as he continues to race, he'll just get better for us. Do you think your bloke was working through the line, or do you think the leader dropped off? A little bit of both. At the end of the day, the, the second horse had 61. I had 53 on my back, so I'm glad they did because it got us over the line. Okay, here's another horse that uh, has a great record at Gosford. Solar Apex continues uh, his good record there, beating Elusive Jewel. Yeah, he just loves the track, doesn't he? He loves it soft, he's good fresh. Uh, I love the way Tommy uh, Sherry at the start of the race give him a real wake-up, because this horse can go to sleep and lose the plot. So I love the way he, 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 he had the barrier. He said, I'm going to be close to the midfield here. And I thought it was a perfect ride. Um, just kept him interested. Where the second filly, I reckon she might have worried him out of it in another three or four strides, just looking at the replay and the way they run through the line. I think she's come up really, although a beaten favourite, I think Elusive Jewel's come up really well. And Just a uh, shame she gets too hot before the start. Yeah, yeah. Even, like, she was parading OK, and then the moment Regan got on her back, she sort of lost it a little bit. They took her out early, but then... Even behind the barriers, she just... Melted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she... I think we'll keep an eye on her next time, actually, to see if there is any improvement mm. with that. Hollywood Norse Racing, well, what else we want to say here? Rebel Rama should have finished closer. Got held up at vital stages from a mile back there. Dakari was OK for a stayer. Uh, I want to follow the second horse. I think she's yeah. ready and up and going and can string a couple of benchmark wins together now. Uh, now, Charlie Duckworth again and Tom Sherry. He got a beautiful ride by Tom Sherry, who knows the horse well, has won on the horse before, and obviously he's building an excellent record at Gosford. There aren't enough Saturday 
metropolitan meetings at Gosford, though, are there? No, there aren't. There aren't. It's a long wait between drinks. But uh, look, he's, he's, he's actually a pretty decent horse. Um, he's pretty adaptable on surfaces. He just needs needs to sort of have one last crack at them, and a short straight really suits him because he can just wind up and get him get him up to momentum, and then let him let him ping home. Can he become a carnival horse at some stage? I think he he probably could. Just fringe fringe carnival horse. Yep. Um, he's I think he's got a nice nice enough race in him. Um, I, I think probably we tried to step him out in journey earlier on in his career when he was a three-year-old and that, that sort of backfired and it probably sort of hindered his his preparation after. Um, but now now we know his optimum optimum journey, I think he will uh, get a few more wins on the board. I won on him in a similar fashion at Warwick Farm last preparation. He loves a short straight and he loves sort of being cuddled and having one last crack at him. I probably left it a bit a bit tight today. Um, but look, it was a Massive training effort. One trial, forced up a mile with 62 kilos on his back is not an easy, easy goal. But uh, credit to Mr. Waller and his team, and um, he was well placed. Were you always confident in the run? I was confident in the horse's ability. Um, as I said, forced up off one trial with a lot of weight. I was just wondering when his run was going to peak. But uh, he stuck his head out and he fought hard at the line. It was a good effort. Uh, then we uh, have a look at the last. Cole Crusher wins this race. A lot of the talk, of course, was about Battleton back as a gilding. His last two starts were a second to Brian, uh, in the Brian Crowley to Marzu and a fifth in a Coolmore Stud Classic behind Home Affairs. So rightly so, he, he held a lot of interest. He did, and it was a funny run. You think he's, uh, you know, he's struggling and then he sort of winds up the last bit. So I don't know what to think about him. I'll, I'll assess him after next time. Look, I know we give Joe Pride enough praise as it is, but geez, he can get these horses, placing them to string wins together. Yeah. How many, how many times do you see it? He, he just wins a couple of benchmark 64s or 68s, yeah. now a 72 or whatever it is. And, and the good thing about Joey, like, not that they have a huge amount of runs in their prep, but he gets them to a level and holds them at that level for yeah. the good three or four runs. He's, he's really he good at it, Joey. His horses, yeah. So well, I just put it on Great yesterday trainer. morning. I, can you split these two? I was thought of thinking. Titanium power might be the better choice. No, oh, no, no, that's easy. You know, the other one will beat that one today. Yeah. You know, he's takes. He knows his horses. Mm, yeah. He knows their everything about them. He took the blinkers off, so he'll put the when Titanium power is ready to win, he'll put the blinkers yeah. back on. You yeah. you can read him like a yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a really good book. <laughs> <laughs> you like reading that one. Like reading that. Take it on a plane. <laughs> uh, you know, let's just assess Battleton after next time. I thought. He may have just got lost around that little tight track in his own right. The Silverose is crying for a dry track. And Latino Blend's looking for further. 1400 is yep. the right time to try it at 1400. Yep. OK. We're going to hear from uh, Joe Pride and also Glyn Schofield. Then we're going to take a break. And when we come back, it'll be Michael Maxworthy taking us through what happened in Brisbane, or not Brisbane, the Gold Coast yesterday uh, for a big day's racing up there. He's feeling the effects of these heavy tracks he's been racing on just before the corner because he's under a fair bit of pressure. Um, I thought he did a good job to keep finding. He looked pretty tired late. He might need a, a slightly bigger gap between this run and, uh, and the next one. Has he reached his level? No, no, I don't think so. No, he's lightly raced enough. I think there's good upside in him. Um, he's better in blinkers and I think he'll be better over a bit further as well. And the old bloke, Glenn Schofield, is looking good on them. He is, yeah. And they're happy to give <laughs> Glenn the opportunity. So... Um, he won on him at Hawkesbury at the end of last prep and he said, oh, it won't be long before you put me on another one now, will it? But he's, he's only on the one horse, so, but he's doing a good job on it. Yeah, look, he's just an honest trier and Joe's placed him well. He's obviously improved from prep to prep and obviously this time in he's unbeaten up to a Saturday race, which uh, probably three or four months ago you wouldn't have thought he'd be even competing in. So, uh, yeah, well done to Joe. He doesn't win by a big margin, but he digs deep. 
Yeah, look, he, he was a little bit, um, I'd say he was probably a little bit flat today. He only raced probably 10 days ago on a really heavy track. Um, and he just didn't show a really good gate speed like he normally can, but uh, he dug deep when he needed to. Wonderful days racing yesterday on the Gold Coast for A.D. Hollandale Stakes Day. And again, the race was won by one of our very popular horses here in Australia, Inzaki. We'll come to that highlight in a few moments' time. The weather, well, it was overcast all day, but luckily no rain. However, the track was very heavy. And as is the case when we get on a rain-affected track at the coast, jockeys want to get off the rails. First of the highlights was the... The Gold Coast Cup over 2,400 metres, race three on the program. And the Ma Eustace stay at Labau was the heavily back favourite, but he came off the bit coming towards the home bend fairly quickly and Star Dome for Chris Waller, ridden beautifully by Mark Duplessis, found the right part of the track. But Star Dome out wide is going home, the better and Star Dome. Star Dome's won from Soprano Supreme. Our second highlight at Aquas Park Gold Coast yesterday was race four, the Tab Ken Russell Memorial for the two-year-olds and the Tony Golden two-year-old colt by I am Invincible Natuno was the heavily supported favourite for the race in the morning. But did he get out to odds against because there was really good support for Annabelle Nisham's runner called West of Africa, the big chestnut horse on the outside. But Natuno led, he wanted to over-race, but like the good horse that he is, he found plenty and lasted the score. Natuno, Midnight in Tokyo. Natuno, Midnight in Tokyo. Natuno's won from Midnight in Tokyo. Third, she's a belter, followed by Robusto. He's a lovely colt, Natuno, a $500,000 yearling. He's now had three starts for three very good wins. And I believe Tony Gollan wants to put him away now, give him a break and bring him back for the spring. Now, on to race five, this was the silk stocking, and there were form lines from everywhere. Putters couldn't really settle on one particular horse, but I think it was a great result. Zenifer managed to win it, trained by popular Sunny Coast trainer Jack Duncan and ridden by Ben Thompson. And uh, she trucked up on the outside in the white sleeves and cap and lasted to score. Zenifer, the leader from Cafe Royal and April Rain. Zenifer's in front near the line, punched out Zenifer. Zenifer has gone on to win from a photo. Well, the Gold Coast bracelet for the three-year-old fillies was staged over 1,800 metres. And Gypsy Goddess was the favourite for the race, around about $2. She was ridden very patiently from her wide gate. It was obviously the plan to take her back to last and bring her to the extreme outside. And that was just a little bit beyond her. Note that she didn't have blinkers on and she's going to peak in a month's time in the, the Oaks at Eagle Farm. Dynasties was the winner. Now, Dynasties was way back in the field as well with Gypsy Goddess and she sprinted quickly, fighting that right lane on the outside there and she managed to just last from Gypsy Goddess, who did try hard. But Dynasties has taken the lead near the line. Gypsy Goddess tries hard, but Dynasties, Dynasties has won from Gypsy Goddess and Smirk. Well, that was a tidy performance by that filly, Dynasties, because she She'd only had one run back from a spell. She was terrific in the, the car at Randwick over 1,400 metres, running third, stepping it up to 1,800 metres yesterday, and she, she was pretty good as she heads to the Oaks as well. 
Now on to the uh, the Guineas over 1,200 metres. And for me, this was clearly one of the highlights of the day. We saw a, a stirring battle between Prince of Boom, who hesitated at the start. He was exposed, although it wasn't that bad being out there because that's where he wanted to be when they turned into the straight. And the Kiwi three-year-old Sword of State was up there exposed as well. And they had a great struggle over the last 300 metres. Sword of State, Prince of Boom. Sword of State, the inside. Prince of Boom, the outside. Sword of State, Prince of Boom. They hit the line. It's a photo, a bobbing photo. Sword of State or Prince of Boom. Well, what a thrilling finish to the Guineas uh, with the Australian gallop of Prince of Boom ridden by Jimmy Orman. Just getting it by the barest of margins and O's. Trained by Rob Heathcote. Sword of State was terrific there because he'd only raced on good surfaces. So it would have been a bit of a shock to him getting onto a very heavy track. But he was gallant in defeat. So they're two really smart three horses going forward. Now to the highlight on the card. It was race eight at the coast yesterday. The AD Hollidale stakes over 1,800 metres. And Zaki was expected to go to the lead and win, and he didn't let his supporters down. But in front, Zaki near the line from Polly Gray. Zaki's in front. Zaki's done it again. Zaki by three quarters. Second, Polly Gray. Third, Kokoraja. Although the margin was fairly narrow, I thought the runner-up was quite good there, Polly Gray. She really relished those track conditions, and Zaki was getting a little bit tired towards the end. In fact, going out onto the track when he was going through the race here, when James McDonald was legged aboard, he was very fresh. He wanted to drop his head and uh, pig root a couple of times going around to the start but he knows he's good and he was able to score a good win there because the pressure was applied a long way from home. Ayrton and Hugh Bowman applied pressure as far out as at about the 650 metres mark. So for Zaki to kick and win like that is testimony to his courage. And he heads towards the, the Doombin Cup again in two weeks' time. So that was a wrap-up of AD Holiday Stakes Day yesterday at the Gold Coast. This coming Saturday, the first Group 1 race of the Queensland Winter Carnival, it's the Doombin 10,000. And we look forward to that. Dooman 10,000 and a horse chasing a run in the Everest. Uh, Marzul will be awfully hard to beat in the 10,000. He hasn't got a slot yet. Well, it won't be long, I wouldn't have thought, if he comes out, and especially if he wins on Well, Saturday. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's stay in Queensland. Speaking of the Everest, uh, a race, um, a slot race. Well done to the Rockhampton Jockey Club, who uh, put together their own slot race, and they called it the Archer after the mountain ranges near Rockhampton. I know that horse. Archer. Right, no, not the horse, but the mountains. This was the Archer, the slot race, the first running yesterday in Rocky. Apache chased the inside, Dawn Passage the outside, on the outside then Gem Song, Apache chased Dawn Passage, Jimmy Burney's lifting Apache chase, he's going to hang on Emerald Kingdom, dive Emerald Kingdom! Now the Apache chase right on the peg, third Hollyfield. Emerald Kingdom got through, just squeezing through a gap now. Apache Chase was called the winner. Emerald Kingdom grabbed them right on the line. Yeah, it's got legs this race. Uh, maybe um, I'm interested to see what happens next year. It'll be um, everyone knows about the race now. Mm. Uh, that they've got a good field there. Geez, they was an on-pace race though. Um, the on-pace is dominant. One, two, three, four the whole way. I don't think they went out too hard, so Gem Song's run was pretty good. The only horse from the back to make any ground, but good on Emerald Kingdom, and maybe should have just let Apache do his thing and stride a little, little bit. More. But yeah, let well, him roll along a bit more, which he loves to do. Yeah. Anyway, good race. And the the club did the right thing, like uh, racing New South Wales. They sold the slots for three years, so it is guaranteed. Okay, yeah. What sort of crowd did they get up there? Oh, they would have got a ripper. Yeah, crowd, it would so. have been big. Yeah, uh, let's go to the Sangster in Adelaide now. Kieran Ma, what a week he's had. Incredible. <laughs> hey? 
It just keeps getting better. Here's Snap Dancer and away game beating September run. Bella Vella, Champagne Dreams, then Bella Nipotina, but Snap Dancer in full flight. Away game into the clear. Away game chasing Snap Dancer. Snap Dancer kept going at any old price. And Snap Dancer takes out the Sangster all the way from away game. September run through to run third. Ahead of either Bella Nipotina and There's no stopping Curly. No. There's no stopping him. No, we know she's a good mare. She won the Triscay and She's good, fresh, and boy, they just let her coast across from that outside barrier. And, and another one, dictate turns up the fence, one, two, three, all travel on the rail. Whether I, don't, I didn't get a chance to study all those races from Adelaide yesterday, but it, uh, that race looked pretty biased to me. But another reward was the only one to make ground, probably out a little bit. All right, now let's go around the grounds. Uh, Greg Pritchard was busy for us there at uh, Gosford. He has been all carnival. Uh, John O'Shea, he's very keen on dancing all of a sudden. Very keen on dancing. Really? Uh, he wants to go to the big dance. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's going to take Kerwin's Lane and Burdebeck the Skane to try and qualify. Here's Tom Charlton, his foreman. Yeah, it's a key race because both horses have got the big dance on their agenda, so one, two would be a great result. Um, Carmen Zane coming up with a great win. He's very fresh and well since Serrani had a hard run that day, but he's come through it better than we can imagine. Um, and Bodebeck probably had the opposite, probably quite an easy run to the sense he didn't ever really see much daylight. So both horses are on track. You could make a case for both of them. On Saturday, there are multiple features, and you'll be involved in several of those, starting with the Dark Jewel. Dark Jewel, we've got three penciled in. Um, leading contenders there would be Legay Soleil, who's been set for the race. Fashnow, who came off an excellent first up run at Hawkesbury, uh, just just tiring late, um, and, and Robadera might come back there, and she needs to get back in the game. She's had a couple of unlucky uh, runs as preparation. But Denise's joy stakes? Uh, yeah, nice filly, Comrade Rosa. She didn't meet much luck the other day when um, in the uh, the James Carr. Um, she sort of never never had a chance, and and. We've freshened her up since then. It'll be around about four weeks between runs, I think. Uh, blinkers will go on, back in trip. Uh, she should be very effective. And the Woodland Stakes for the two-year-old fillies. Yeah, another nice filly who sort of had back in the early part of the spring was second in the banner, uh, Lady Harlem. Uh, she then came back in for a slipper, slipper preparation, met with a very minor setback that put her out of that. She's had one trial, very good trial last Monday. Got improvement, but she'll race pretty fit first up um, off a good base. She could, she, she could be very effective. All right, uh, Brett Kavanagh was there yesterday as well. Now, he'd like to uh, play a big part on his home track at Scone as well. Uh, he's got Fender and uh, also it's me going there. It's been a target race. Uh, we obviously want to stretch him out in trip. We um, Obviously, with the big dance attached to it too, you're trying to qualify. Uh, he ran a pretty good race the other day, Tamworth Cup. He ran third. Grant Buckley, no weight on his back, and it'd be great to win a hometown cup. On Saturday, the mighty mayor, it's me going around in the Hortensia. I guess she's still getting back to her best. Yeah, look, it, you know, she's uh, she's got three duck eggs alongside of her. The other day in Brisbane, she got caught wide, got beat six lengths. So, you know, you can still take something out of the run, even though she ran last. So um, she just needs some racing, and, and now she's fit and done a few miles. The Hortensia, uh, we'll see where we go after that. So she can be competitive in that race? I certainly hope so. Um, like her work leading to Brisbane was good. Um, her sectionals in Brisbane were outstanding. So um, she'd be more than competitive in an Hortensia if she's 100%. OK, uh, Chris Lees, he won the coast yesterday. Mugger two are likely for the Scone Cup? Uh, we'll make a decision after he gallops Monday morning. Um, 
he's had a couple of trials, but he, he's still got a little bit to come fitness-wise, so we'll make a decision after his gallop. Are you still in the mentality that there's only one or two runs for him in this late autumn winter? Yeah, very much so. Then then will back off for the early spring. What about the Dark Jewel Classic on Saturday? Wonder Bar and Never Talk are in there? Yeah, they've come through their Hawkesbury runs quite well. I expect it to be a similar, if not stronger race, but um, I think they'll line up quite well there. They'd have to look good in a race like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, look, they're competitive against me, a grade, um, anywhere they go, so I think they'll both race well. And the bopper in the Hortensia? Yeah, he's had a little freshen up. It's a track that he's familiar with. I expect it'll be a strong race, but um, I think he'll race well there with no weight on his back. And uh, lastly, let's hear from uh, Darren Beeman about Godolphin's uh, chances heading up to the Hunter. Yeah, we've got uh, Quideris uh, stepping out there. He, he ran well in the Hawkesbury Cup. Um, he just got a little bit too far back in the run. He drew wide, but hopefully he can draw a bit better. He can leave the gates a bit cleaner and um, get into the race, but certainly good race for him. Multiple features on Saturday and you'll have runners there? Yeah, we've got uh, In Secret. She's a promising filly. She, uh, she's had a nice little mid-prep trial. She trialled at Hawkesbury the other day. Um, it, uh, she, she won very well first up. She's a quality filly, so it's a nice race to try and get some black type for her. Uh, we've got uh, Kanazawa. He's, uh, he's stepping out first up in a benchmark 72. He's only had the one trial, but trialled extremely well. Um, Thelric, um, you know, he's... He's, um, he's airborne at the moment, so hopefully we can um, get some nice results up over the carnival. Of course, you spread your tentacles far and wide. Allegron's in the betting prominently in a couple of derbies, including the derby in uh, yeah. SA on Saturday. Yeah, well, he's uh, Flemington derby. He was unlucky, and he, he ran a slashing third in the in the in the AJ in the um, in the uh, derby at Ramwick, and he won the St Ledger convincingly. So, a very fit horse, um, certainly. You know, left-handed appeals to him, um, and he can really stay. So hopefully we can um, third time lucky in the derby. Uh, bad news for Nathan Doyle's uh, mare, Norwegian Bliss, who's six out of six after her victory at Hawkesbury. Uh, last week we were talking about did she bleed or didn't she? Yeah. Uh, they found an abrasion on her, on her head, and they thought that might have been the cause of her bleeding from both nostrils at Hawkesbury. So... They galloped to her on uh, Saturday morning and she bled from both nostrils on Saturday morning, so she gets the mandatory three-month ban. Yeah. She's out of the dark jewel. Well, you've got to give it to the stewards. They they could have just said, oh, no, it's sweet. It was only yeah, through getting it off the barrier. But uh, they, they, you know, dotted yep. their I's and crossed their T's there and got to the bottom of things and she'll be right in the three yeah. months' time. Unfortunately, she misses her mate grand final next yeah. week. Well, we can only hope that things are going to be nice and dry in the Upper Hunter mm. this week because two big days of racing. Mm. If we do get a, a drier a track, we're going to have massive fields for two days. Yeah, it's a great carnival and we've missed it uh, the last year or two years. Oh, well, what did you miss the most, Af? The pies? Three. Well, yeah, the, the, the Croft pies on the way up. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a good Actually, meeting. Yeah, it's it is. a really it's good great. meeting. I'm taking orders. <laughs> I'll one, have a couple one, of plane. One T two plain? Well, um, if they curry, but don't if they got peas in it, don't, I don't want the curry. If it's got peas. One curry, no peas. Special request, no peas. Brown, please. brown. I'll have a curry as well, thanks. Curry, <laughs> peas and all. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're barring nothing. You might get them for nothing. Look at the Crofts pies. Watch, you know, they free ad. I don't think so. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Uh, I'll have a cream bun as well. Cream bun as well. <laughs> cream bun, brown. Yeah, uh, you're putting on far too yeah, much no, weight. No, I'll, I'll, slice. I'll hold back on the cream bun. All right. Okay. Uh, have a great uh, Mother's Day, everyone, and uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday for Thoroughbred Weekly uh, via Scone for two big days in the Upper Hunter.